Psalm 119. This is the longest chapter in the Bible. And in this lesson, we're going to look at some of the major themes in this amazing chapter of the book of Psalms. Thank you so much for joining me in my podcast today, Broken Vessels Mended by God. I started this podcast as a way to share Bible studies and insights to you. My name is Ruth Douthit, and I'm a teacher of God's Word, and I love sharing what I've learned when I read a book, and so that's why I started this Bible study, because I firmly believe we are all broken vessels, mended by God, and He uses His Word to mend us. So welcome! In the last six lessons, we've been looking at several different psalms in the Bible. These are just my personal favorites, but they are indeed some of the most beautiful psalms ever written. And in our last lesson today, we are going to look at Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Now in our last lesson, we looked at Psalm 103, which is an inner dialogue David had about God's mercies. He was speaking with himself, he was speaking with God, and you can use that psalm as a way of worshiping God in prayer. In this, our last lesson, we will skim through Psalm 119 and look at some of the major themes in this, the longest chapter in the Bible. But to keep this passage of scripture in proper context, let's ask the journalistic questions. Who, what, where, when, why, and how? Who, who wrote this psalm? Well, the psalmist recognizes his love for God's word and his failures to obey it. We're not sure, biblical scholars are still not sure who wrote this psalm, but whoever did write it knew God's law extensively. So a lot of biblical scholars believe Psalm 119 is a psalm of David. Others say it was written in the post-exilic era during the days of Nehemiah or Ezra. What is it? Well, it's the longest chapter in the Bible written about God's law. It's written as a poem of 22 stanzas for each letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So you have eight poetic lines of each stanza and it begins with the same Hebrew letter. The repeated words are law, testimonies, precepts, statutes, ordinances, commandments, judgments, and word. Where was it written? Well, most biblical scholars aren't sure. They think it was written during the post-exilic era before the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And if it was written by Ezra, then it could have been written when the temple had been rebuilt, but they're not 100% sure. When? Scholars believe it was written over a period of time and then compiled. Why was it written? It was written to glorify God and his word and his law. Scripture is mentioned in 171 of the 176 verses. How was it written? It was penned as a poem to honor God's word. Okay, now that we have the proper context, let's begin. How important is it for the Christian to study and honor God's word? think about that. God's Word. We meditate on the excellence of God's Word to get us through our lives. The Christian walk is not a sprint. It is a marathon. So you have to build up endurance. To the follower of any person, philosophy, or law, understanding the foundations of that belief is essential. To simply go by feelings is futile because feelings and emotions fluctuate all the time. My family recently watched a documentary about the Reverend Jim Jones and the cult he had started way back in the 1970s. By twisting God's words around, Jim Jones fooled his followers. 
They blindly followed him because he had made them feel special and important with his slick words. He prospered off those emotions and took the money all the way to the bank. Ultimately, he successfully convinced over 300 of his followers to kill their loved ones and then to commit suicide themselves. In the end, 900 people died that horrific day in Guyana. Powerful lessons learned for the believer. We must never go by what a person is saying, but we should be good Bereans and search the scriptures. We do not blindly follow any one man. We follow Jesus. God created us to worship and be ruled over. Fortunately, our God is a benevolent dictator who willingly died for us but throughout world history, we have seen tyrannical dictators kill their own people for glory. This is why it is most important for us to know what God's Word is and what it says about God Himself. It is a powerful tool that can be used for personal glory, like Jim Jones, or for God's glory. Now, think about your answer. Why is it important for the Christian to study and honor God's Word? Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It would take us over eight weeks just to study this one chapter alone. So in this final lesson about discovering hope in the Psalms, we will focus on the following verses. Verse 9, verse 11, verse 18, 32, 105, verse 160, and verse 165. These are some of the most popular verses in the Bible. We will analyze them for meaning and application in our lives. First, Psalm 119.9 How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. I once heard a Bible teacher say he prefers teaching only the New Testament to young adults because it teaches how to be a strong Christian. What? As you can imagine, I was appalled by that statement because I often teach the Old Testament to fellow Christians. Why? Because all scripture is good for instruction. Just look at what it says in Psalm 119.9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. So how can a young adult today learn from this verse written thousands of years ago? God's word is complex. It's never simple because God is not simple. Our job as teachers and followers of God's word is to take heed to it. Reading it is one thing, memorizing it another, but life application of God's Word is essential for living a life pleasing to God. Psalm 119.11 Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Here we learn that memorizing God's Word is key to keeping away from sin. The more we learn about God and His attributes, the more we love Him and long to be like Him and please Him. Do you try and hide God's Word in your heart? I know for me, there are several verses I rely on to keep me in line and, and encouraged. This verse in Psalm 119 is one of them. Psalm 119.11 Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Next, let's look at Psalm 119.18 Open my eyes, that I may see wondrous things from your law. That's the verse I pray for myself and over you before we begin each Bible study. Before we begin studying God's Word, it's essential to ask God to open our eyes, that we may see wondrous things from His law. Sometimes we forget that we can ask God for anything, 
even insight into his word. What about you? Do you take time to ask God to open your eyes to see wondrous things from his word before you read it? So many times we forget to ask. We tend to assume we already know what we are reading. I assumed this when I read John 4. Praying for a sight caused my eyes to open to things I had never noticed before in the story of the woman at the well. Be encouraged. Ask the Lord to reveal new and exciting things about His Word to you. Psalm 119.32 I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Now as a runner of many races, this verse means a lot to me and reminds me of letters Paul had written about staying the course. 1 Corinthians 9, Philippians 2, Hebrews 12, they all mention running and endurance and staying the course. Because the Christian walk is, like I said, not a sprint, but a marathon. God's commandments were given for a reason, to reveal our sin and our need for a savior. Running the course of God isn't an easy one. We will suffer various trials. There will be many obstacles in our path, and it will require endurance or an enlarged heart. The author of Psalm 119 understood this. If it's David, we know he understood what it took to follow God. If the author was Nehemiah or Ezra, they both definitely understood that endurance is needed to faithfully follow God even when taken away from the promised land. Endurance, staying the course, patience, discipline, and training. All of these are required to finish a race, and all of these are required to remain steadfast and true to the one true God. Psalm 119, 105 Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, staying the course also requires light. What happens without the light? As a runner, I had always wanted to try an ultramarathon. This is a race that goes beyond the 26.2 miles of a marathon. So I signed up for one and started the race at 9 o'clock in the morning. My goal was to finish 50 miles in one day. Well, by the time I got to mile 31, the sun was setting. It was during the winter time, so the air turned cold. Many of the other distance racers had um, brought tents, so they took off to nap for a few hours to finish the race later. But I had to stay the course because I did not have a tent. So the path became very dark, very cold, and very lonely, and it was tempting to quit. But I had brought a lamp for my feet to light the path. And the course also had lamps overhead to provide light on the path as well. And so this verse reminded me of that experience and vice versa. I had a lamp attached to my head to light where my feet were landing, but the overhead light lit up the entire path. And that's what the psalmist was saying. God's word not only lights our feet so that we can see where our feet are planted, but it lights the entire path so we can see what's ahead. This encourages us to stay the course because without light, we can stumble and fall. In Psalm 27, 2, it says, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell because they didn't have the light. And that's what happens in the darkness. The enemy comes to attack. But if they don't have the light, they will stumble and fall. In Matthew 13:20 20 through 21, it says, 
but he who received the seed on stony places this is he who hears the word and immediately re receives it in joy yet he has no root in himself but endures for only a little while for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word immediately he stumbles in john eleven jesus answered are there not twelve hours in the day if anyone walks in the day he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world but if one walks in the night he stumbles because the light is not in him in romans nine paul wrote but israel pursuing the law of righteousness had not attained to the law of righteousness why because they did not seek it by faith but as it were by the works of the law for they stumbled at the stumbling stone as it is written behold i lay in zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame so the author of psalm 119 understood what happens when we depart from the light or if we do not have the light we become susceptible to falling stumbling attack by the enemy and even death but it is god's word that illuminates our path so we can run the course and keep going it is a lamp that we hold as we walk but also a light from above that illumines our path so we can see what lies ahead without that light we are helpless and vulnerable to what hides in the darkness and we become lonely and afraid as i did during that race so it's important for us to maintain contact with god and his word because it is a light to our feet and illumines our path psalm 119 165 great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble amen this verse goes hand in hand with psalm 119 105 reading and studying god's word isn't enough atheists even do that loving god's word is what is required to have that peace that we all desire loving god's word will prevent us from stumbling because we treasure what we love don't we we keep what we love close to our hearts when we study god's word and learn just how much he loves us we are compelled to love him back and his word all the more psalm 119 160 i know this is out of order but it's for a reason the entirety of your word is truth and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. I felt that verse was a good way to tie everything up together because we have been looking at Psalms throughout these seven lessons. We are searching for hope in the Psalms and this is what this verse is saying. The entirety of your word is truth and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. So that's the hope of reading God's word. We read that all of God's word is truth every word is important and endures forever there's the hope that we long for we as believers can trust in god's word not one part is there in vain all of it has a purpose all of god's word serves a purpose and that purpose is to reveal who we are and who god is psalm 119:41 is perfect for life application let your mercies come also to me O lord your salvation according to your word so how do we apply all that we've learned in this overview of psalm 119 we can rest in knowing we are not out there in the world alone god in his mercy provided so much of himself that we can take heart god's word keeps us from sin when we memorize it and cherish it and treasure it we fall deeper in love with him and want to live a life that pleases him 
Reading and studying God's Word requires our eyes to be opened, and that's why I teach believers and do devotions to believers only, because only their eyes have been opened to what God's Word says. If I try to teach God's Word to an unbeliever, well, that's like trying to describe the color red to someone who's been born blind. You can try, but they will never see it until their eyes have been opened. So pray for God to open your eyes to read his truth, to find his truth, and to apply his truth to your life. He will definitely answer that prayer. God's commandments liberate us, not enslave us. That's one thing that we read throughout the whole scriptures. In 1 John 5, we are taught that his commandments are not burdensome. We learn in Psalm 119 that God's commandments are essential to pleasing him. Keeping them requires knowing him and having the Holy Spirit within us. His commandments are not burdensome like the world's laws. Jesus said that his yoke is easy and light. His burden is light. God's word is a light for us, and without it, we stumble and fall. But if we stay in his word, in his light, then we will have life. Our feet will be firmly planted and established by him. In 1 John 1, we are told, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. We learn that God's word, unlike man's word, is eternal. We can trust it. God's word gives us peace in this crazy world, but his word gives peace only to those who love it. So that's why you need to love it and treasure it. In Psalm 119, 34, it says, Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. We only looked at a few verses in this magnificent chapter, and I challenge you to read the whole thing and highlight or underline key words and phrases. Cherish this chapter deep within your heart. It is definitely one of those go-to chapters in the Bible that will always give you comfort. See why studying and teaching the Old Testament is essential for the Christian? There is so much in these books that we can apply to our lives today. I hope you have enjoyed studying these seven psalms with me as we discovered hope in the psalms. Share with others all that you have learned from these lessons. Pass on that hope you have to the hopeless in this world. They need it. Before I register for a marathon, I always ask friends if they have run the same race before so they can tell me about the course. Is it hilly? Is it scenic? Is it boring? I ask these things so I can decide if this is the race for me and so I can know how to prepare for it. Now that you know the context of each chapter we have looked at in this study, you are more than prepared to share your knowledge. That's part of running the course for God. Aren't you glad he gave us his word? In Isaiah 25:1, it says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Amen. Praise God today for doing marvelous things like giving us his perfect word. From the beginning of time, God chose to commune with us in his word. And what a precious thing that is. Have you ever watched those videos of little babies who are deaf and then they hear their mom's voice for the first time with the help of a hearing aid? When I see the expression on the faces of the little children, I am reminded how we must look when we hear God's voice for the first time. He must smile when our eyes light up with his light and life. I thank you for coming on this journey with me. I hope you are encouraged 
and love God's Word now more than ever before. And until next time, God bless.